great to see so much smiling and laughter and handshaking and hugs and arms raised. It is always good to come together and be with God's family, His church, and worship together. And that's what we're doing. But today we are in part two of our sermon series, SWIM, which is an acronym for See What It Means. See what it means to live a life of faith. See what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. It is a challenge, but it is what God calls us to. And last week in part one of suiting up, I said that the life that we live in faith before God as we are all on our individual journeys will only be as successful as you are at in surrendering, being obedient to the will of God in Scripture as God calls us to suit up. He says, put on the full armor of God. And we looked at those seven qualities and attributes of which God wants us to put on in our walk of faith. God says, be a truthful person. I'll call it the belt of truth, but, but be a truthful person. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do right things. There are wrong things and there are right things. And let peace, the peace of God, rule in your life. And pick up the shield, which is faith. And that shield has the power and the God-given ability to extinguish the arrows from hell that Satan and his demons will shoot at you. Put on the helmet of salvation. Live your life knowing that you're saved. Live your life in confidence of what God has done through you, through the person of Jesus Christ. You are saved. You are redeemed. And that you wear proudly, guarding your heart and your mind. The helmet of salvation. And then we all pick up the spiritual sword, which is the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. And we put on the garment of prayer. We're praying individual. We're praying people. Without suiting up, you will never be successful in your faith journey and walk. You will always struggle. You will always feel defeated, overwhelmed, unhappy, unfulfilled, and discouraged. And that's not a pretty picture. You see it all the time in the lives of people that don't know the Lord. And often you see it in the lives of those that do know the Lord. Have a relationship, but still feel defeated. 
And that is because faith in God is more than just simply believing that God is there and that He'll work it all out somehow in the end, which He will. Faith is looking to Him. Faith is trusting Him. Faith is surrendering to Him. And faith is being obedient to Him. That's where we have the old hymn that everyone knows. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. And when God moved on that person's heart to write that song, that's exactly what they were talking about. There's trust. That trust of ours is imperfect at best. But we must not neglect the obedience. Do not merely listen to His Word, but hear the admonition from the apostles of God. Do what it says. So suit up. Are you suiting up? Are those garments really a part of your life? Because if they are, that's what it means to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Today, part two of this sermon series is entitled, Getting Your Feet Wet. Getting Your Feet Wet. And the more I thought about that, I wanted to explain to you that really part one and two could be the same part. It's just a different perspective. So, I'm going to invite Jim Layman to come up here real quick. I want to make a point in this world that we live I told you that this series is coming out of a, a triathlon that I've been being a part of. And I told you last week, you know, I swam in this wetsuit in Lake Michigan, three and four foot waves. The water temperature was 59.7 degrees. It was cold. The waves were just so scary. But you need, I needed the wetsuit. They, everybody had wetsuits. You couldn't have done it without the wetsuit. A mile swim in cold water and big waves. You need this for buoyancy and to keep you warm. That's what a wetsuit does. You put it on. The water leaks in. Your body heats it up. And that is designed so that you can swim in cold water. Now, it's just like putting on a pair of pants. You slip one foot in, the second foot, you pull it up, and then you put your arm through. I just want to give you 60 seconds on your own to, to put it on. And I, I just feel like if you can get this on in 60 seconds, John Castle will probably give you a $12 bill. <laughs> this is going to be real good, church. Yeah. I won't let you fall backwards. The clock's ticking. There you go. It's, you don't know anything yet. Now let me zip you up. 
because this. Now, suck in the gut. Okay, we're not, I don't want to, there we go. Now, put your shoulders together. No, come back, put your. Now, I want to tell me how comfortable that is. What's the worst part of it? So, a wetsuit, like our faith, at first, is not comfortable. I don't care what anybody tells you. Faith, initially, is not easy, and it is not comfortable. And it is awkward, because God is asking you to give up control... And to trust Him. To no longer be in charge of your life, but to trust Him. The worst thing about the wetsuit really is, lift your arms up. If it don't fit right, and even when it does, it wears your shoulders out. Here, when you're swimming, it's like squeezing down on you. It's not easy to breathe. But as you get into the water and that initial shock of the uncomfort of the water and then the wetsuit as you adjust starts to make sense. And the more that you swim, swim in faith, the more natural it becomes. And in time, you would never live your life without a wetsuit when you were swimming. So give him a round for getting into this wetsuit. Now let's watch him get it off. This is a fun part too. Oh, let's... You might have to sit down and I'll pull it off for you. Yeah. All right. We'll see you at the Michigan Titanium in three weeks. But I'm serious. Faith initially is not easy. And it's an uncomfortable thing to step out and just give yourself to the Lord. Are you willing to step out in faith and enter the waters of faith as you hear your God calling you to live a life of faith where you trust Him. You know, the fact is on that swim on July 8th, because those waves were so big and because that water initially did take my breath away, and I'm sure it did a lot of other people, there were three times that I really did say to myself, I'm going to quit. All i got to do is raise my hand and the sea dew will be in here to get me or I can just go to shore and let the waves carry me in. But I really don't want to do this.
And then I finally thought to myself, like, I, I don't want to start something and not finish it. And so I just buried my head and just started praying to God with each stroke. Just get me to that yellow buoy. Be with me, Lord. Make me fast. Make me strong. Give me the breath. And the next thing I know, I'm coming out of the water. That is the way it works in our lives. I pray that you will decide to get your feet wet, to enter the waters of faith, to leave the safety of the shore, knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable and these waters are sort of uncertain because I'm a fixer and I am in control and I don't like not being able to be in control and to sit back and just wait on God. Uh, that's, that's not natural. God don't want us just to wait on Him. Yes, He does. God will tell you when to move. But you move without God. You'll get even farther off course in your life. And that applies to relationships and everything else. Some people try to find the relationship in their strength and in their might and in their good looks because they're alone and their self-esteem is not good and they need somebody and they want somebody and they're going to do it through this avenue or that avenue and they end up in a situation that they wished they'd never gotten into. But there's very few people in relationships, husband, wife, boyfriend, a girlfriend that just sits back and says, God... I'm going to do my part and be faithful to you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to suit up. And I'm going to keep my eyes on you and where you lead. Whatever doors you open or close, those are the ones that I will walk through. But I'm not open one door and I'm not closing any doors. You're going to have to do it, Lord. That's faith. But there is a mystery to faith. Oh, there's, there's some rock-solid truths about faith, but there is a little bit of mystery about faith, and that's what I want to talk about here from these two verses. In John chapter 6, after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus says to his disciples, No one comes to the Father who sent me into the world unless the Father draws them. That's a fact. If you are a Christian, you are a Christian because God took the initiative and started drawing you to himself, Jesus says it. No one, not one person, comes to God unless the Spirit or the Father draws them to himself. That's a fact. And then Jesus says, Here I stand at the door and knock in Revelation 3.20. I stand at the door and knock. What, what door is that? It's your spiritual house, it's your heart, it's your mind, it's your soul. Jesus 
the Savior of the world, who died for all people, stands at the door and knocks. And then it changes the metaphor to verses knocking, who hears my voice. Whoever, whoever hears my voice. You see, one of the things that stands out to me in this passage is Jesus isn't standing at the door of your spiritual house or heart pounding. There's a difference between pounding and knocking. And it is our part to sense and be sensitive to the drawing power of God and the knocking of Jesus in our lives and His quiet, still voice that is calling us to Him. You may be sitting here right now, not a believer, not washed in the blood of Christ, not redeemed, And the Spirit may be pricking your heart. Here I am. Can you hear me? I'm trying to get your attention. He may do it through this message. He may do it through a song. He may do it through an individual. He may do it through a circumstance. He may do it through His Word, which often He does. But He is there calling, knocking, drawing. That is God's part. And that precedes everything. But our response, whoever hears my voice and opens the door. You see, you've got to open the door. You have to be obedient to His calling, His voice. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, sort of the idea of the the quiet, still voice, come to me. Hear the voice? Come to me, all you, anyone who is weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. But try to find rest without me and see how that goes. You've tried it all your life and it's failed you, left you empty, frustrated, angry, bitter. Trust me. Hear my voice. Come to me. Take my yoke, my life upon yourself. Suit up and I'll change everything for you. Don't try to do it by yourself. Remember the rich young ruler who said to Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? What do I have to do to go to heaven? Jesus says, sell everything you got and come follow me. But did you hear the voice? Sell everything you've got and come. It's the call of faith. It's the gentle, quiet call of faith. It is the drawing power of God. And it is the voice of Jesus Christ. 
And that's why Peter says, God is not slow in His judgment on this world, but He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance and be saved. Aren't those beautiful, beautiful verses? But there's some mystery in it. But God calls. Jesus speaks to us. And we open the door. And His promise in this text is, and I will come in. And I will sit down with you. And we'll eat together. And we'll drink together. We'll fellowship together. That is the start of a life of faith. But boy, when you hear His voice, don't ignore it. Don't ignore His voice in the faith journey whether you've been a Christian many years and walked with the Lord. Because when God is moving and God is speaking deep within our spirits through His Spirit, we we need to listen and not harden ourselves to His voice. And that's what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 3. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. An example of this is, today is the day of salvation. Now is the season of God's grace. And someone sits here and they're moved. Maybe moved, actually challenged that, yes, I am not living a life of faith. I've not suited up. I've not gotten my feet wet in the waters of faith. But this makes sense and the Lord loves me. And and I don't like my life the way it is. I, I do feel something for the Lord. And I do feel the draw. And I feel Him talking to me. Don't ignore it. Act on it. Move. Stay close to the Lord. Pray to Him. Talk to others about what's going on. But act on it. Take a step into the waters and get your feet wet. It won't be easy, but it will be the best life because it promises not only blessings for this life, but the life to come. Last Friday morning, 6 a.m., I decided I'm going to do a long bike ride because I I want to do, my goals are a half Ironman and a full Ironman before I'm 60. But I don't think I'm ready. So this involved a 56-mile ride. And I was flying. Went out to Lake Odessa and past Lake Odessa. And the wind was at my back. I just didn't really realize how much it was at my back. Turned around. There was a McDonald's in Lake Odessa. Grabbed me a sandwich like that was my fueling station. Started back got caught in a downpour of the iciest cold rain. It was like God said, you know what, Patrick? 
when it's easy. No one ever thinks about quitting. But when it's difficult and gets hard, we all think about giving up and quitting. Because I did. It was like, it's 7.30 a.m. I'm tired, cold, wet. I'm going to call D. Come pick me up. No, just keep riding. But I'm serious. That is a spiritual principle. I think it's nobody wants to give up when it's easy, but when it gets hard, there's where the battle is. That that's the battle when it's hard. Like that's just this is just a physical thing. It's a, a little thing. It's insignificant in comparison to spiritual training and godliness. But if this works this way in the physical realm. We can see the application in the spiritual realm. Life gets hard. People want to give up. God, you don't love me. God, you don't care. God, nothing's changed since I've been walking with you. And then you hear God's voice in Scripture say, the one thing that's an absolute, You, or I, or anyone can never be pleasing to God in any way without faith. You cannot please God without faith. God may love you even though you don't have faith in Him because God's love is for us all. It is for His creation, but God wants us to have faith in Him. And the writer of Hebrews, who goes through all the spiritual heroes of faith that had the same battle when it got difficult, they didn't quit, stresses in verse 6 here, it's impossible to please God Because anyone who comes to him, see, there you're coming to him, you're moving towards the call, the voice, the draw, must believe. There's another word for faith, trust. You have to believe what? That he exists. Well, that makes sense. Why would you even come towards God if you didn't think he was there? But you know what's happening in you when the Spirit draws and Jesus knocks on the door of your heart and you move towards Him. You know that He's there. You know that He exists. And you acknowledge that. And there is blessing in that because God loves that about the person who looks and believes in Him without faith. It's impossible to please God, but with faith, It's absolutely possible to please God. But here's the second thing. In our lives, because we believe that He exists, because He gives us faith to believe in Jesus Christ, no matter how imperfect or weak our faith is, He rewards us. He rewards us. And sometimes He rewards us even when we're so unworthy. Maybe we don't sit around enough and just simply think, how has God rewarded me? Because our mind goes right back to the physical realm of the world, and it might have to do with a house, 
might have to do with a car. It might have to do with a vacation home. It might have to do with a checking account. It might have to do with a 401k. And those can be blessings from God. We know that. But for me, a wife that God brought into my life when she was just about to turn 16, and now married to her for 34 years, and together for almost 40. A wife, and I'm bragging, who all put up against anybody when it comes to cooking or canning or keeping a house. A wife that loves me like nobody else in this world loves me, not even my kids. Children. Children that are 28 and 32 that are serving the Lord. A church family, you guys, a part of my life. Friends, brothers, sisters, encouragers, people that pray for you, a gathering of God's church family, of wonderful eldership. I, I, that's what I've got. I've got a home. I've got vehicles. They may not be the greatest vehicles, but hey, they get me to point A to point B, and I'm happy with it. That's Thank you, God. God rewards those who earnestly seek Him and believe that He exists. That's faith. And praise God, because it's a beautiful thing. How is He rewarding you? And maybe if you truly struggle to find those blessings and gifts and rewards from God, you need to step back and ask yourself a simple question. Have I suited up and have I stepped in the waters of faith to get my feet wet? To really see what it means to live a life not by sight, but by faith. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to the disciples, the apostles, who were on the lake of Capernaum. Jesus sent them ahead. Storm comes up. We have big waves. We have a lot of wind. When the disciples saw Jesus coming out, walking on water, we all remember this beautiful story. They were terrified. They said... As they cried out in fear, it's a ghost. And, you know, we sort of like, that's funny, but you think about it. You're out. It's dark. You think you might die because you're in this boat and the waves and the wind, and all of a sudden you see something, and it's a person, you think, but it looks more like a ghost, and they're walking towards you. You know, they're afraid. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Peter, as Peter always does, steps out and, and talks. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. That is definitely a step of faith. Jesus says, come. 
But I say to you, it is again the voice of Jesus Christ in a different time and experience in life where we see him calling in faith to Peter, come, come. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. There's not a passage that says it any clearer that faith involves getting your feet wet. Faith involves getting out of the boat of life and stepping, as you notice the words, toward Jesus. Toward Jesus. Now what is this next verse out of Hebrews 12? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The one who began our faith and the one who makes it perfect. Every day of your life, after suiting up, after stepping out in the water, no matter how cold and uncomfortable it is, the different things that you have to face, keep your eyes on Jesus. That is what it means being faithful. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because as soon as you take them off, here's what Peter does. He sees the wind. He becomes more afraid. He begins to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. And that's the way we are when we're focused on the Lord. Easy, Bojangles. When we're focused on the Lord, we have peace. We have confidence. We're fulfilled. And we do great things through the mighty power of God, right? But the relationship starts to fail. We lose the job. The car quits running. You get diagnosed with colon cancer. You struggle with health issues. We take our eyes off the Lord. And we struggle. Jesus says to his disciples, you asked for me to increase your faith. But let me tell you something. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be tossed in the sea, and it will do so. What we've got, truly understand. The power of faith and trust is not in us or the individual that has it. It is in the object of which we are putting our trust in. Two different men come to two different bridges. One man has incredible trust in this bridge that he's going to try to cross. But the fact is, it's a dilapidated, rotten, no good, weak bridge but he has incredible faith in it. And so he starts his walk across this bridge. 
and he falls through and loses his life. And then there's this other man that's faith is small as a mustard seed and his bridge is one made out of still. Strong and secure, but he just, he don't like bridges. He don't want to cross them. It scares him. He's terrified. And he walks across the bridge and is successful and lives. So weak faith in the right object is what it's all about. And our faith is often weak, but Jesus is who we put our faith in. He is the object of our faith, and He is mighty, and He is powerful. He is the one that reached out and took Peter by the hand and lit him up and said, Oh, give little faith. But Jesus lifted him up when he started to sink. And I pray and I encourage you, suit up, get your feet wet. And be here next week when we talk about part three of swimming in murky waters. May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob be glorified as you make a decision in your life to respond to the drawing power of God and respond to the still, quiet voice of Jesus, the beckoning that is calling you to something bigger and better than what you are now living with, may you open that door and walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior. And may that faith grow stronger and stronger the longer that you walk with Him. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we ask Your blessing. We ask Your blessing of the Holy Spirit to be here. You know the hearts, Lord. You know where people are. We don't. I don't. But You do. Speak to their hearts, Father. Let them be sensitive and hear you and let them obey. Oh, Lord, we pray this, that we could live a life in faith that glorifies you. Oh, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? As Matthew and the worship team gets ready to lead us in one of the most powerful hymns of all time, It is well with my soul. Listen to the words. Powerful words. We have prayer teams. If you want to be partnered with in a prayer that you have for yourself, your family, your life, your faith, where you are, we'll pray with you. But let us worship the Lord as we sing. And I do pray that it is well with your soul.